Hello there, my name is Edward Johnston Long, or Edis, if you follow me on Twitter, and this is my podcast called Just One Poem, where I read you one poem, and then I talk about the poet, and the poem itself, and then myself, and how I came to love the poem, and how I came to read it to you. On a podcast, (laughs) this week it's going to be E. Cummings and um, his poem, I Carry Your Heart With Me. I carry it in my heart. So, here you go, I hope you enjoy. I carry your heart with me. I carry it in my heart. I'm never without it. Anywhere I go, you go, my dear. And whatever is done by only me is your doing. My darling, I fear no fate, for you are my fate, my sweet. I want no world, for beautiful you are my world, my truth. And it's you who are whatever a moon has always meant, and whatever a sun will always sing is you. Here is the deepest secret nobody knows. Here is the root of the root, and the bud of the bud, and the sky of the sky of a tree called life, which grows higher than souls can hope or mind can hide. And this is the wonder that's keeping the stars apart. I carry your heart. I carry it in my heart. Right. Need a, need a sip of tea after that one. Okay, E. e. Cummings is a very, very influential American poet. His names are Edward Estlin Cummings, which I didn't know. I knew he was an Edward. I didn't know his second E name was Estlin, which is not a name I've ever heard before. Sounds like a silly American name to me. Estlin. Come to me with somebody else called Eslin, unless he made it up himself. He's a funny one. What you wouldn't have got from that reading was exactly how <laughs> probably one of the most important features of E. Cummings' work is the way that he sets the words out on the page and letters. He doesn't really use, well, he does use capital letters, but not how you would expect and quite a lot of the time, he just abandons them completely. So you'll see that when his name's written down, his full name on the front cover of books is often in lowercase, which is quite interesting. So why did he do that? Well, personally, I feel like he's a very experimental writer, and he decided that another form of expression was to use those rules of capital letters, full stops, semicolons he likes as well, colons he just throws in. He uses all of those grammatical rules as modes of his expression, of his poetic expression as well. What I find really interesting about E. Cummings, and especially that poem I just read, is that it is a very conventional sonnet but it doesn't sound like one, really, and it doesn't, and it sort of 
does and doesn't look like one. Well, he uses, with this poem, he uses brackets to, like, literally enclose certain words pertaining to the heart in brackets. And that's the way he physically, on the page, expresses the sentiment that exists in the poem, that he carries the heart in his heart. And the heart in the poem is enclosed in these brackets. So it's carried within the heart of the poem. You understand. I don't need to belabor the point. You understand what I'm saying. That's just one way that he expresses poetry through almost non-poetic, non-linguistic modes, which I think is very exciting. You can tell that he's a 20th century one. <laughs> Nobody else from any other time would, would do that. I mean, it might seem now, to somebody coming to the work now, it might seem maybe slightly naive and slightly trite. It might look a bit like text speak <laughs> or, you know, internet language where every, everything's truncated. And, and maybe it, it is in a way, but there is something... I mean, don't shoot me for saying it, but there is something expressive about text speak and truncated internet language as well. There's an honesty to it that I find interesting. I never use it, obviously. I only use it as a kind of... Well, I do use it sometimes. Sometimes as a joke. That's how those poems would have been seen when they were first published in the 40s in America. I mean, at that time, obviously, people were were being more experimental because of the different art forms that were coming through. But it was still a very controversial thing to do, especially in the world of poetry, which is very staid in certain respects. To take a sonnet form and take a very traditional, obviously, the most traditional subject of a poem is love, and to turn it on its head throughout all the rules of grammar, but keep in a rhyme structure, throw in loads of brackets that somehow express something greater than the words on the page, or tie in to the words on the page. It's a very rebellious thing to do. I have a lot of respect for Mr. Edward Estlin Cummings for his work. Some of his work is completely incomprehensible when you see it on the page. I think there's one, I'll have to look it up, because I can't remember exactly what it's called. I think it was called Grasshopper. It's just a shower of letters. Probably the letters that make up the word Grasshopper. I'm not sure. He was a very experimental man. He wrote a lot of, of poetry. And he was actually a painter as well. And a critic. And a playwright. So he just he just never stopped. What I love about his work is that I always end up, um, I read a lot of Shakespeare's sonnets. I read them quite a lot, probably one or two or three or four a week. And I always find myself, without even thinking, moving between E. Cummings' love poetry and then I feel like I need to read a sonnet afterwards <laughs> as a kind of dessert, I guess, because they're so similar. There's a rhythm to the to E. Cummings' love poetry that's very similar to a Shakespearean sonnet. It has a similar structure, it has the turn, 
it has some semblance of a rhyme scheme as well. So it's amazing, really. I mean, and to look at them on the page, they are obviously similar lengths, but they do look completely different. So hats off to Mr. Cummings for writing such fantastic poetry. The poem I read you was probably his most famous one, and it's probably the one that would be the most familiar to people who don't even like poetry, because it's just very quotable, and it's, it's very direct. And really, what else do you need for a poem about love and about the honesty of love and heart than something quick and direct and that throws out all of the rules of grammar and um, speaks with honesty? So that's what I, that's what I think about E. coming. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I really appreciate the tweets and messages I got last week from my podcast about the Joe Shapcott poem about tea. That was really nice. Yeah, I'm going to be doing these every week now, as long as I can. So if you have any thoughts or any comments or any suggestions, please let me know on Twitter or you can comment on the blog underneath. Thank you very much for listening. My name is Edward Johnston Long, or Edis on Twitter. Follow me and tweet me with any thoughts that you might have about anything, because I'm quite curious and quite nosy. So take care, and goodbye.